how to vet these contractors before you actually hire them. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. So the biggest thing to keep in mind is that you have to vet them. And I understand this. You're hearing it right now and you're probably saying, well, yeah, next. No, <laughs> I would venture to say about 90% of investors or wannabe investors or new investors, whatever it is, do not do this. They don't vet for whatever reason. Uh, it's something that you're getting there and somebody that you really trust referred them to you and you saw maybe a project or so and you're like, ah, yeah, I'm good. No, no, trust me. You want to go ahead and vet because even though you may trust that investor, maybe they didn't vet them right? Maybe they didn't go through this process. And if so, you should probably share this video with them, <laughs> but maybe they didn't vet them and there's stuff in there that you're not aware of. And this contract, there's more of a ticking time bomb than anything else. You don't want to, you don't want that ticking time bomb to explode on your project. All right. So you want to take advantage and you want to understand this process very, very well. And as a bonus, I'm actually going to be sharing with you, uh, an actual cheat sheet with all the questions, with all the steps on how to hire contractors. And guess how do you get that cheat sheet? That's right. You got to text us. Text contractor cheat sheet to 210-794-9898 and you will get that cheat sheet for free. You can go over it. You can review it as many times as you want. You'll have all the questions, all the steps, everything that we're talking about. You're going to have it in one page so it's easy to follow. So we're going to go over a few of the questions, but the rest are going to be more in the cheat sheet. So we don't make this video, you know, two hours long, but we're going to go over a few of the questions that you want to make sure you ask these contractors when you're vetting them, when you're inter essentially interviewing them. But keep in mind, these contractors are as much for them as they are for you. All right. Because going through all of these questions, it's going to help you think through the process to make sure you're not forgetting something to make sure you're not missing a step because it, again, it happens. These things happen. You're doing a lot of projects or you're getting overwhelmed because of the process. Maybe you got to move fast, you know, on a project. So you want to make sure you're not skipping crucial steps that could cost you the project or tens of thousands of dollars. So these are the questions that you want to make sure you're asking as you, uh, vet these new contractors. The biggest thing I like to ask almost every single contractor is how long have you been doing this? And what is it that you started off doing? Now you're going to see that after a while, every contractor has been doing this for 30 years. All right. It doesn't even matter if they're 30 years old, but apparently, you know, everybody's been doing it for 30 years. It's like the contractor number for whatever the hell reason. But what I'd like to know is what did you start off doing? What have you been doing the longest? The reason for this is because pre 2008, there were a lot of contractors for very specific jobs and contractors before that time. I mean, we used to make a ton of money. 
Right? Being a contractor was damn near like close to being a, a drug dealer or in the mob. If anybody, you know, always confused you for being in the mob because you're always walking around with wads of cash, you get paid, you know, a lot of money. You used to make a lot of money in contracting. Um, but after 2008 happened and the crisis happened and everything, now your painters became GCs. Your tile guys became GCs. Everybody became a GC. But they, that's not their area of expertise. That's not what they were trained on. That's not what they've been doing for 30 years, right? They've been doing tiles, paint, sheetrocking, whatever that was. So the reason I like asking this is because when they tell me, well, oh, yeah, well, I started doing sheetrocking. Oh, okay. And you did that for a long time. Oh, yeah, I did sheetrocking for, a, you know, the majority of my time and everything. In my head, I'm like, check. I have you whenever I'm going to do sheetrocking right? Could you be good at other things? Perhaps. I don't know. But his biggest specialty is going to be sheetrocking. When I need a sheetrocker, I'm going to call that person. Do you understand? I hope this makes sense as we move through. Another big question is, are you licensed? You want to know if they're licensed, if they're insured. You want to understand and you want to know this. And then we're going to go over how you want to make sure that that's actually accurate. Because uh, you don't want a contractor that lost their license or let their license lapse because they can't, maybe they can't afford the insurance costs, whatever it is. These are red flags, all right? You don't want a contractor that's hurting for money. Contractor that's hurting for money has more of a tendency to screw you over. Whether that's intentional or not, they have more of a tendency of screwing you over. So you want to make sure you ask them, are you licensed? And then you want to ask them, you know, do you pull permits? For what jobs do you pull permits for? You know, how big of a job does it need to be for you to pull permits? And this is kind of like a, a little trick question. I mean, they should pretty much tell you, yes, I'm always pulling permits. Because especially nowadays, especially in San Antonio and Texas, you have the city coming down on you really, really hard. So unless you're doing a very light cosmetic rehab, you want to be pulling permits. All right. Yes, they're a pain in the ass. It's not the cost. Trust me, it's not the cost. It's it's a pain in the ass dealing with the city and the inspectors and they take forever and then they want their, you know, their extra 50 or 100 bucks. So they're going to reject your project, even though it's good until the next one. So they can get another 100 bucks. You know, it, it's a pain in the ass. It's uh, delays. But you want to know that you're hiring a contractor that when you need to pull permits, they understand the process because it is a process. You got to pull them. You got to request the inspections. You got to make sure everything went good. You got to close them out. The whole process. You want to make sure you're getting a contractor that understands this. Another big question is what are your work hours, right? Are they working Monday to Friday? Do they work weekends? Uh, what time do they start the project? At what time in the day do they usually end? At what time are they going home? The reason I'm saying this is because there's a lot of contractors that I've met that they essentially work half days. They're showing up to the job at like eight in the morning. They'll leave around like two or three in the afternoon. I mean, you're, you know, they're not, that's not working. You understand you're not being productive. You, you don't, you're not working the whole day. So what ends up happening on this is that ends up costing you more money because it's taking them longer to finish the job. So, and we talked about this before, especially on the scope of work uh, video that you're going to definitely want to make sure you check out and you can click the link above here to check out that video. In that video, I, I talked about, you know, the importance of them working through the whole time, because if you, they give you a scope and you say, you know, I, I want to pay a thousand dollars on this scope. It's different paying a thousand dollars on a scope that takes two days versus paying a thousand dollars on the same scope that might take them five days, right? 
it's not the same money. $1,000 over five days, it's a lot less than $1,000 over two days. So if they're not working more hours, it's going to take them longer to do the job. So this could cost you more money. And then the last question you want to ask them is how many projects are you currently working on? The there's two reasons for this question. One is, uh, could I go check some of these out? Right. You want to see, are they working projects in different stages? So when you go check them out, you're checking out, you know, maybe from a full gut job, how's that looking to mid level job to finish level job, right? And what's the quality? What's the job site look like? How are their men working? All of these things. You want to look into that. So you want to ask them. And then number two, you want to see like how busy are they, right? How busy are you? Are you going, am I going to be kind of like fit in here and then not get as much attention, as much time? Because again, delays cost money. Again, check out that scope of work video, but delays cost money. So you want to make sure if there are going to, even if there are going to be delays, you want to be sure that you understand what they are going to be so you can budget for this. All right. And like I said before, uh, all the checklists and everything, all the, there's going to be a ton of more questions that you can ask. They're going to be in the cheat sheet. All right. So make sure you text us at, um, 210-794-9898 and put contractor cheat sheet. And I'll make sure to get that cheat sheet over to you. Now, you ask them all these questions. The second part of vetting somebody is now you become a detective. <laughs> this is the fun part. This is when you start actually researching. You're going to research their name, their company name, and any properties that you know that they've worked at, worked on, are currently working on. You want to search all three of these. And typically what you're searching for is you want to see any red flags. Are there any liens on these properties, you know, from them? Are there any judgments against them? Any red flags, anything that's really going to jump out at you. You want to search all of this because you want to see, is there anything that they're dealing with, they're fighting with that I'm not aware of. And depending if there is, you might want to confront them, right? If everything else looks so good, you're like, man, I, you know, everything looks good. I don't, I, I want, I really want to know, like, is this really an issue or can we actually work together and do something? So if that's your curiosity, then ask them, ask them, bring it up. Be like, Hey, look, I do my analysis on everybody that I work with because there's serious business. We talk about a lot of money. You know, my investors require that of me. I require that of me, right? So I'm doing my research and I see this, this, and this. Can you explain that to me or what happened? How's that being resolved? What's the issue here? What's the issue there? And then you can make your best judgment on that. One of the best ways of doing this kind of search is the, your county clerk website. If you go to, it depends where you live and everything, but if you go to your county clerk, any liens and stuff like that, they got to file them. So you go there and you're going to see, I want to search their name. I want to search their company name. Are there any liens, judgments, anything filed against this person, any lawsuits, anything like that filed against this person. And another area to search people is Google. Go on Google, type in their name, company name, and just start typing in lawsuit, fraud, scam, you know, all these words, start typing in those words after their names because that's when you're going to start seeing things pop up. Maybe somebody complained about them on Google, on Better Business, on Facebook. All those things are going to show up. So you want to kind of be, a, like I said, an investigator and check out every little area. And lastly, one uh, a really good way of checking them out is, again, vetting them, checking their references. Whoever referred them to you or whoever they say they're worked for, I mean, that, you know, it's a little tougher 
because they can refer you to their buddies, right? And uh, you want to make sure that you're speaking to people that are unbiased in a way. Um, but you want to make sure you reach out to these references and you want to ask them straight up, ask them, what is it that you didn't like about this person? You know, what problems did you have and how were they resolved if they were resolved? You know, was it easy to resolve an issue with them? Was it like a headache? Was it a headache working with them? Um, did they stick to the draw schedule? Meaning, you know, when a scope is completed, you get paid or were they trying to get paid ahead of the scope being done? even though the work hadn't been done. That's very typical. It's very common. You want to make sure you protect yourself. Um, you want to ask them all of these questions. You want to ask them, like, did they stick to the timeline? Or if they told you it was going to be four months, did they get it done in four months or did it go way over the timeline? And how much over? This is going to matter. This is going to matter, again, as planning. And in scope of work, we talked about this, uh, you know, in great detail. So, again, make sure you check out that video. But... Also ask them like, all right, cool. So can I go check out these projects? Are they available? The ones that you've worked on them, uh, use the contractor for, uh, are they sold yet? Or are they in the process? Can I go see them? Cause you want to go see different projects at different stages. Now, if all of this seems like a lot of work to you, then just don't do this. You understand? Because it's, it's very risky. Very, very, very risky. You hire the wrong contractor, you can get sued. You can lose the house. You can lose tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, there could be a million problems that happen with this when you hire the wrong contractor. So if you're not willing to spend this time to do the right research, don't do this. Trust me, because you're just getting yourself and anybody that's working with you into so much problems.